Every week, Denver Zone Real Nerds Podcast sees a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. I think sometimes we're funny. Yeah, sometimes when I'm talking, not when you're talking, not when you're talking. Oh, you know, it might help if you told them that we're on iTunes or we're on Stitcher so they could find a place where you can actually listen to us. Oh, okay, Brad. We're also on Twitter, at Real Nerds, and we have an Instagram account. Boom. Commercial, Brad. Cut. Paste. Upload. We like to have fun. Sure. I like fun. James, you're very bad at improv. RealNerdsPodcast.com. The John of All Trades Podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. speak. You have all made it to the dance. You have all made it, made it, Coming to you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to John's Audio Resume Volume 5. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And here we go, another job, right? Last week we had the best job, my favorite job that I've ever had, working for the City of Golden, doing field maintenance, just working in the sun with my buddies right before I went off to college. It was fantastic. Why didn't I get this job the second year? Like, why didn't I go off to college and try and get that job back at the city in 2001? And the answer is, I don't know. Clearly, I have some sort of learning disability here because it didn't really occur to me to try and do that. I I don't know. I would guess I was preoccupied with college. I really enjoyed Fort Collins. I loved... Living in the dorm, I loved the whole experience. I loved being up there. And then the semester ended. I moved all my shit out of my dorm. And I went home and I'm like, oh, yeah, probably should have found a job. Hmm. Well, whatever. And uh, just started sleeping until 11 a.m. every day. <laughs> uh, my mom was not pleased about that. In fact, she was quite pissed and told me so. So I... Uh, I was like, well, you know, I don't have any leads. I don't know where to go. And she goes, all right. It's all angry, angry mom at me. And she talked to one of our longtime friends, this guy named Daryl Prop. And Daryl Prop is a big deal in real estate. Like he owns a ton of commercial real estate. He's got office buildings. He's uh, there's I don't know how many he has, but it's a lot. He's invested in other stuff. He does very well for himself. And he's a super guy. I love Daryl. Daryl is just a tremendous guy. So my mom said, you know, and she called me Jonathan. She still calls me Jonathan, which is funny. I mean, that's my birth name, but, uh, it's weird to hear it because at some point, this is a little sidebar, but at some point people started shortening my name to John for me. And I used to fight them on this. I'm like, no, my name is Jonathan. And even though I was always kind of weird about my own name and in some ways, the fact that my name is Jonathan is still strange to me. It feels strange to say. And I don't know if anyone else has that experience with their own name, but it's certainly mine, and I don't really know why. But at some point, you just can't fight anymore. And people would call you John out of laziness or whatever. And I go, yeah, whatever. That's me. It's fine. I don't care. And then in college, I went by Johnny, and I went by X, and it was all great. It was fantastic. But... So my mom goes to Daryl and says, Jonathan's looking for a summer job. And he says, maybe he could come do building maintenance. We, we have a spot open. We need some help this summer. We'd be happy to have him. And so my mom told me that. 
I didn't like interview or anything. I just went in. I feel like I just went in and like gave him my bank account information. This was the first time I ever had direct deposit too, which was mind blowing to me because I was used to picking up a check and having to deposit it and all that. This just went straight into my bank account, which was awesome. Um, also this was 2001. So the internet wasn't quite as ubiquitous as it is now. And so I had, I don't know if I like called cause I feel like there was like a phone way that you could check your balance or hell, I don't know how it worked, but it doesn't matter. It paid me like 10 bucks an hour. It was a guaranteed 40 hours a week. So, I mean, you're making 400 bucks a week, right? That's not nothing. Especially when you're in college and especially I'm going to own my privilege here for a minute when you're like upper middle class and you're just doing this for like pocket money and spending money and stuff. That's righteous bucks. I mean, that's 1600 bucks a month. Uh, if you do this job for two months, I mean, you've saved yourself over three grand. If you do it, well, you can do the math for yourself, but so I get this job and it turns out to be really, really hard. And by hard, I don't mean like stimulating. I just mean it's physically taxing because they give me the option of working four days a week, I think, if memory serves. Uh, maybe it was four days a week. Maybe it was five. But whatever it was, they gave me the option to come in at six instead of seven in the morning. And let's remember here that I'm like 19 years old. And so waking up that early in the morning was just about as brutal as it got. It reminded me of working in the bindery. That first week, I worked 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. That was awful, right? So I feel like I worked five days a week, but I worked like either 6 a.m. to 3 with like an hour lunch, or I worked 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Either way, it was way too fucking early in the morning. And you get there, although in the summer... The earlier, the better, because it didn't get hot until, you know, a mid morning or so, or right about the midday. So you've already banged out a bunch of work by then. And the first thing you do every day is you are assigned a building and you go and you pick up like cigarette butts and you pull weeds. And that's like the first few hours of your day. That's literally all you do. You walk around, you have a bucket. You have like one of those mechanical claw arm things. You walk around, you pick up cigarette butts, and you pull weeds, you put them in the bucket, you dump the bucket into a dumpster, and you keep going until your property is looking spick and span. It's looking perfect. And here's the thing. So there was like a crew of us that were like the junior staffers. We were like the young dudes. And then there were like three senior guys. One was a father and son team. The other, and I don't remember their names. The other one was this guy named Rick and Rick. I liked initially came to find out. I really hated Rick. I did with a passion. He was a cocksucker. Fuck him. Fuck him forever. Um, here's an example of something that he thought was funny. We were in an elevator in one of the buildings and he had like his, like a carpet knife, you know, one of those things with like the, the thing where your thumb goes to push the blade up and down. Well, he pulls the blade out and then he like makes a motion like he's going like he's doing a tennis backhand sort of, but like with his wrist flipped over. I don't know if this makes any sense, but 
And he basically like puts the knife up to my throat as a joke. And I'm like, please don't do that. And he goes, why does this make you nervous? And I go, yeah, Rick, it does. Okay. You've got a knife to my throat. What the fuck is this? And so anyway, fuck that guy. He was awful. But so there was Rick and then there were like two other guys. And then there were the low level people. (laughs) The upper level guys would do shit like uh, replace ceiling tiles and uh, feed the fish in this one building that we had. And Rick told me this story about one of them who would just drive around the parking lot to accumulate mileage because they would pay us for our mileage. We would keep track of miles every day because there were different properties and you had to go here and you had to go there and et cetera. And he would just circle the parking lot just accumulating miles. And I'm like, that is the fattest waste of time I think I've ever heard. And I'm only 19. I specialize in wasting time. That's like what I do. That at this point is my major in college. Shit, I used to have class like 12 hours a week, right? I took 12 credits or whatever it was. And I couldn't even make it to all of those every week. I mean, (laughs) that is like the minimal amount of work you can possibly do. And then this dumbass with his Jeff Gordon NASCAR hat is just sitting in his car circling the parking lot. NASCAR thing makes more sense to me now. That's funny. Wow. Okay. So not only did he like watching cars go in circles, he would do it himself. So, you know, awfully meta there. Nice work, fucking shiftless layabout douchebag making this property uh, look thoroughly mediocre through your minimal efforts. But needless to say, uh, I was in great shape at the end of this summer because I was in the heat. Here's the other thing. We had to wear collared shirts. We had to wear jeans and it was hot as shit. That summer was blisteringly hot. So I sweated a lot when I wasn't carrying around my bucket picking up cigarette butts. I was hauling like buckets of rocks or I was like using a weed re- weed whacker on this path behind this one building um, to chop down the grass. But the path was all gravel. So you'd get all sorts of, you know, debris and fucking detritus like in your legs, uh, which did not feel good. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why we wear jeans. Neato. Fun times. I'd go home at night sometimes. Because I'd be inhaling so much like dust and dirt from the stuff that we did. Like there were, there were days where I'd just shovel gravel out of a parking lot. Like you get a big metal shovel, you pick up these big piles of gravel, put it in your bucket, then go dump the bucket again in the dumpster. A lot of buckets in this job. Reminds me of Patton Oswald's bit where he's looking for a house with his wife and they clearly walk in on an orgy. And one of the punchlines of the joke is, uh, Everybody knows Saturday is fuck night. Bring three buckets. That's this job, except without the orgy or the fuck night. So basically just bring three buckets and uh, we'll give you some manual labor to do. But there were times where I'd go home and I'd blow my nose and it would be like black. Just from all of the dust and all of the terrible things I was inhaling during the course of this day. So this job was about as unfun as it got. Uh, I smoked a lot of cigarettes on this job just to keep myself sane. Just because, like, what else could you do? This is mind-numbing work. I mean, shoveling gravel into buckets, pulling weeds, walking around. There was one morning, it took me an hour and a half, I just picked up every pine cone in the parking lot. And this wasn't me, like, inventing things to do. Someone told me to do that. There was this tree that had shed all its pine cones. I, I, I don't know what causes that. I'm not like a botanist. 
But I, I was just under this tree picking up pine cones for an hour and a half, which they didn't like you to sit down either because it was bad optics. So you're crawling around like on all fours or you're squatting, which is just exhausting. If you've never done that, um, your hamstrings kill, your hip flexors are dead, your calves are on fire. It's miserable. Like at least you were in the shade though. So, you know, that's not nothing. But, uh, I lost my train of thought here. I can't remember what I was talking about. So let's pivot here. I think the same day I was hired, they hired this other guy and he was a little bit older than I was. So I was 19. He was like 22 and he was, well, I'll be generous here and say he was a fucking moron who I liked very, very much. He was dumb as shit, but he had his endearing qualities. One of which was his outrageously huge boner for the insane clown posse. This dude was a juggalo for life. Just an unpainted juggalo. I heard that recently. I think it's Kyle Canaan's. But yeah, total unpainted juggalo. Used to wear these pants that were like huge. And like he had to sort of dress it down a little bit. And I was thinking, you know, I can only imagine what you're like when you're at the concert hall and ICP's up there doing their fucking weird, like, horrorcore rap, spraying Fago all over the crowd. I want to see you unleashed. Like, I really do. I want to see you in your ideal element. I never got to because I'm never fucking going to an ICP concert. But the idea of this dude with his blonde hair that was sort of like almost to his shoulders, just sort of like parted down the middle, he looked like... Remember Brad Taylor in the later seasons of Home Improvement when he grew his hair out and he'd like pull it back in a ponytail and it was shaved underneath? He looked like that, but when his hair was down. Um, and also like tall and skinny. And I called him a juggalo, but I realized that's imprecise because he explained to me on more than one occasion the three levels of ICP fandom. I will never, ever forget this. And I don't know if this is true. I've never bothered to verify this just because I want it to be true. I I want him to be right about this. This, which is his passion, I want him to be correct. So here we go. And I don't even remember bringing this up. I think we were talking about music. And I told him I was into like ska and punk and stuff. And he he's like, are you into ICP? I'm like, uh, no, not really, dude. And he's like, oh. Well, you should be because they're the greatest band ever. And I'm like, yeah, all right. That's charming and cute, but you're objectively wrong. They are far from the greatest band of all time. But whatever, man, lay it on me. He's like, but you can't be like a full ICP fan right away. And I go, okay, here comes some bullshit. And I'm like, why not? And he said, well, you got to start out as a ninja. I go, a ninja? He's like, yeah, ninja. And Ninja is like when you first get into ICP and you like, it's the first couple of years. You don't know like the words to the songs, but you're learning them and you're sort of getting into it and you're learning what ICP is about and learning what it's like. And then after that, after you're a ninja, you get to be a juggalo. I'm like, okay, yeah, I've heard of that. I feel like they've said juggalo roughly somewhere between a hundred and infinity times. So yes. Okay. Juggalo. What's a juggalo. He's like, you know, all the words to the songs and you've gone to a bunch of shows 
and you know you you live more of an icp lifestyle and i'm like okay what's the third level he's like the third level is a wicked clown and (laughs) and i'm like a wicked clown he's like no a wicked clown and i'm like do you have to say it like that and (laughs) and he's like yeah dude it's a wicked clown and i'm like okay well what's a wicked clown And he goes, Wicked Clown is like the highest level of ICP fandom. Like, you you live your life according to the lessons that they lay out. I'm like, they have a song called I Stab People. How many people have you stabbed, motherfucker? And he didn't really answer that because I'm pretty sure I didn't ask that in real life. But he goes, he's like, and I'm a Wicked Clown. I go, really? Well, your parents must be very proud. I didn't say that either. I'm thinking of these zingers now. They would have served me well you know, fucking 16 years ago or whenever this was. But, and he talked about how important being a wicked clown was to him. And I thought, you know, I wish I liked anything as much as this dude likes insane clown posse. I really do. And sure, it's ridiculous. And these distinctions may or may not be true. And again, I don't particularly care if they are. But Jesus Christ, this homeboy is a true believer. He is like an evangelical wicked clown. Amazing. And so we worked together. He was sort of in awe that I had a girlfriend, which in light of everything I just told you, I suppose it shouldn't be surprising that he was surprised that I had a girlfriend. And there was one day in particular where she wanted me to come up to her house And she told me she'd cook a steak for me. And I'm like, that's awesome. And he goes, man, you're going over to your girl's house and she's cooking you a steak. That sounds awesome. Does she have any friends? And I'm like, for you, dude, absolutely not. (laughs) Because I actually like her friends and I'm not going to subject any single one of them to your little ICP soliloquy, much less any of the other fucking weird deviant behavior that you almost certainly participate in, you know, Halo tournaments and whatever. But uh, we worked together a few times. Um, he never shut the fuck up about ICP. And uh, it was kind of exhausting. Although, again, like, he's a good dude. He And one time he was in my car, and I made him put on his seatbelt. He's like, he's like, if I'm in a car accident, I mean, it may as well kill me, right? And I'm like, dude, that's a very depressing dour and sort of nihilistic view of the world that I don't subscribe to. Also, if I get pulled over and you're not wearing your seatbelt, I get a ticket for that. So buckle up, asshole. You want to, you want to die in a car accident? Okay. That's your business. That's fucked up. I don't agree with it. And if I can get you to put your seatbelt on, because I'm not about to let that happen, even to this dude that I sort of half like, um, if I can play it off, like there's monetary incentive for me to have you put on a seatbelt? I'm going to do that. Okay? So, anyway. Most of this job was solitary. But like I said, it was exhausting. And I had a girlfriend at the time who didn't really... She didn't have a good sense of perspective. And I'll give you an example of this. She wasn't so much working that summer as she was getting ready for her freshman year of college. And I used to go over to her house all the time, which was way the fuck far away from where these buildings were to her house was about 45 minutes. 
And I used to drive up there after work and we'd be hanging out. And there was one time, it was like 1130. And so to get to work on time, I was going to have to wake up at like 515 and or 530 or whatever it was. It was some ungodly fucking hour. And I fell asleep like while we were watching TV. It was so late. I was so wiped from the day. And she got mad at me and she's like, you're choosing sleep over me. And I'm like, I'm choosing sleep over you. What the fuck are you talking about? I fell asleep. We were in the middle of talking. I am so tired and I am working so hard to stay up and be with you in this sort of listless existence that you have where you don't have a job. You don't have any responsibility and you live in this fucking secluded mountain town. How like what the fuck else can I do? It was so immensely frustrating. I I can barely express it. So needless to say. I had to get out of this job. I was also clashing with Rick um, more and more, mostly because he was full of shit, and I really don't respond well to that. So, I mean, you know me, and I've said this a million times on this show. I don't get along with bullshit authority. And so I started mouthing off a lot, and they transferred me down to, like, further south. Most of these buildings were in Applewood, which is where Rick was, and then there were other buildings that were Christ. I can't even remember where they are. I want to say they're like on like South on Wadsworth, but that may or may not be right. And frankly, at this point, I don't give a shit. Um, thankfully I don't have to work there anymore. And as that job was sort of wrapping up as, and by wrapping up, I mean, I couldn't fucking take it anymore. Like I couldn't work there anymore. I started interviewing for another job. My friend Connor had an in, at a place he was working and he said, Hey, we got an opening. Uh, you should come interview for it. I think you'll get it. We've had nothing but shitheads in here interviewing for this job. He's like, you interested? And I go, hell yeah, I'm interested. I interviewed one time there. I got that job. It was spectacular. I'll go into that next week. Um, I wasn't really good at that job. I was good at half of it and I was really shitty at the other half of it, which has its own tales of amusement too. But as I wrapped up this job, I remember thinking, I'm like, okay, I've really got to be done with these hard physical labor jobs because I did this when I was working at the bindery in the printing company. And I remember saying to myself, I'm like, okay, this is why you have got to do well in school. And maybe we can start applying our skills that we've started to learn in college here in another direction. That might be good because no more of this shit. No more dealing with these fucking dickhead bosses. Um, no more like hauling heavy shit in the blazing heat, uh, going home bruised and battered and injured. And remember, I'm 19 years old. Now, granted, I may as well be made out of fucking cookie dough at this point with what a gash I sound like telling these stories. But facts are facts. Anyone who has worked a physically demanding job for any length of time will tell you that it is unsustainable. And so I saw the writing on the wall and I got out of there. Now, a little postscript to that story. First of all, before we go any further, I'd just like to express my gratitude to Daryl for getting me that job. I think the chances of him ever listening to this are infinitesimal. But regardless, to the universe, 
Daryl Prop is a good dude and someone I am proud to call a friend. Uh, and he helped me out when I really needed a job. So, and he also got my mom off my back. So, kudos to him for that. I'm deeply appreciative uh, to him for the opportunity. A few years later, I was working at the PR firm and I blew out my back. So, I had physical therapy. Just so happened to be in one of the buildings that I used to maintain. And so I rolled up and who should be there but my old boss, Rick. Now, I don't know if he remembered me or not because I worked at this job again for like a month and a half. But, I mean, we exchanged enough unpleasantries to where he may have. I don't know if he recognized me or not. But I smoked at the time. And as I walked up to the building, I saw him working outside. I still recognized his dumbass red truck, too. And as I'm finishing a cigarette, I walk right by the ashtray. And he sees me, and I see him. And I flick the cigarette on the ground. Just because I know he's going to have to pick it up. Now... I'd like to qualify this by saying I would never, ever do this under normal circumstances. Like, I'm not rude to people. Like, if I saw someone who clearly, like, works for the building, I'd, like, I'd probably pick up an extra piece of trash on the way. But because it was him, this motherfucker who, like, held a knife to my throat, who was just such a passive-aggressive dick, I'm like, oh, hey, look, it's Rick. Pick it up, fucknut. So... I am not above pettiness. I am not above vengeance. As I reflect on it, I am not proud of this story. Like, be the bigger person. And there are times where we're not always the bigger person. That's one of mine. Um, if I had it to do over again, I probably wouldn't be that petty. But if we're calling a spade a shovel here, still fuck that guy. So, whatever. Let's call this one good. Volume 5 of John's audio resume is done. Let's play the outro music. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Uh, our sponsor is 4 Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Your one-stop shop for everything you need to do online. Whether it's building a campaign, building a website, hosting, technical support, Candidate outreach, whatever it is, 4 Degrees can help you do it and do it better at a cost that's very, very attractive. Your message will get seen by the people who need to see it. The number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. The John of All Trades podcast is on iTunes. It is on Stitcher. Just search John of All Trades. Find us. Hit that subscribe button. New episodes come to your listening device without you having to do anything. I will ask you to do something, though, and that is leave us a rating and leave us a review. The more of those we get, the more iTunes and Stitcher seem to like us, and that's a good thing. We are on the social media. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, all under the same handle, J-O-A-T-Pod. Facebook's the only place for exclusive episode previews. Those go up on Monday. New episodes drop on Wednesday. I'll be back here next week with Volume 6 of John's audio resume. A little bit of a cliffhanger. Where did I go? You'll find out where I did half of the job good, the other half unbelievably shitty it earned me the nickname finger tight so i'll leave you with that and on behalf of finger tight i will see you back here next week and until i hear you then say goodnight gracie
That's good, Johnny. 